This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Hi, folks. I'm Kieran Maguire from the Price of Football podcast. You're listening to every step along the way and enjoy every second of it. So we've returned from the Welsh capital with a point. Could have been three, as we've said so often recently, uh, but at least we didn't lose, hey, Mike? Yeah, it makes a change, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. I mean, how many times have we been in front lately? And we go 1-0 up, and then that that's like, we've peaked. Right, right opposition, come on, do your worst. Well, it used to be the other way around, didn't it? We used to go uh, one, well, what, 1-0 down, never recover, never go 1-0 up, and... Well, we don't seem yeah. to recover from that either. So, yeah, uh, it's typical end of season stuff going on, I think. I think I prefer the old way. It's the hope that kills you if you keep going yeah. in front. <laughs> yeah, we've had plenty of that uh, hope dashed this season, haven't we? So. Uh, we have. Um, not not too long to go now, is it? Only a couple of games left, mate. Yeah, and, and you know what? Um, I ain't bothered. <laughs> That's what I've literally, like, mate. I've spoke to so many Stoke fans this week, and fans of other clubs as well, actually, and they just can't wait for the season to be over. Um, it, I don't know. It, I think everyone's feeling the same. I think we've had a very topsy turvy season. You know, no hope for a long time. Then we had a string of good results. We had some hope and a glimmer of hope. I will probably put on there to spec. A little bit of dust on the on, on the mantelpiece or something, you know that that's how much of hope we had. Um, and as soon as that was uh, taken away, I think it all kind of everyone felt a bit deflated from that point on, really. Unfortunately, mate, and the results have kind of uh, kind of followed the mood, if you like. Yeah, it's just like as soon as they give us that bit of hope, like you say, it's, it's all literally just at that very point fell apart, isn't it? It's like they built and built and built until there was a glimmer of something. And then it just immediately just all crumbled away. Uh, yeah. But not again. As I was just said, not without opportunities to win the games either. Is it? We've been we were ahead in three of these last five matches, haven't we? And uh, yeah. So, so what can you do? Um, <laughs> so I mean, obviously, as we mentioned at the beginning, uh, last week we did go off to Cardiff. Um, one, like I say, got a one-one draw there. I think we started off quite well. To be fair, first 20, 30 mm-hmm. minutes, I thought you know we we passed the ball around quite crisply. You know we um, 
we were creating chances. We were definitely the better side. And um, a nice little flicked header from Josh Loren just directed it sort of in off the into the side netting, didn't he? It's like, you know, just off the post uh, from a, a corner. Yeah, I can't really argue. I mean, it, to be fair, it's pretty shocking defending. I mean, you'll, you know, you'll leave a player six yards out, professional footballer, six yards out, no pressure. He should be scoring them. But, you know, yeah, in fairness to him, you know, he got his run right. He finished the chance off. Uh, it's, a, it's strange. I mean, we say we were a better team. And, yeah, statistically, you know, I think we were better. We had more possession, more passes, more shots. I think we, uh, we, we arguably were. But I think when you think about, like, clear cuts, opportunities I think it was the goal really was was pretty much it I know that you know I think three standout players funny enough um two of them are not really surprising you know Loren Pearson good games um even Jack Bottom uh was a bit impressive which uh yeah he's he's clearly feeling the pressure for next season but uh Jack kept us in the game quite a lot there was two or three key kind of moments and and key saves I wouldn't say that they were worldies by any stretch Obviously, the penalty, of course, is one of them. But, um, yeah, it's. I think it was just a typical end-of-season game, to be honest with you, mate. I think there was just a lot of puffing and puffing and no blowing the you know, the doors down, unfortunately. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned Jack Bonham. My AI on Snapchat says he's got a very impressive wingspan. It reminds <laughs> him of Mr. Tickle from the Mr. Man books. Do, do you want to actually explain? Is that what you will? <laughs> Yeah, I was going to say, you sent me some screenshots of some random AI stuff. I mean, I've seen one that says Michael O'Neill's our manager still and Alex Neal is uh, is Preston manager, so it shows what AI knows. <laughs> yeah, he's updated AI does. Yeah, I think he's, I think it's Snapchat's way of um, basically people, maybe people have got new friends, just like, got, so they've got somebody to talk to. That, that, not, not, I don't mean that in an asked way at all. I think that's possibly what it's there for. So someone's always got somebody just to have a conversation with. Um, okay, fair enough. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's. <laughs> I just we met. You mentioned uh, who's your favourite sportsman. So I was like, oh, uh, I was just I'd all just started. My daughter sort of you know said that these things were happening with it, and it was quite uh, quite humorous content was coming from us. So I sort of mentioned. I said, oh. Uh, he says, well, who do you like then? So I you know, went through a few Stoke players. I said, Jack Bonham. And he, he said, yeah, he said, he's, uh, he's got, what's he, <laughs> he put, what do you like about him? And I put, he's, uh, he's got arms like an octopus, just sort of taking the make a bit. And he was like, yes, he has got a very impressive wingspan. Definitely an advantage for a goalkeeper. Like Mr. Tickle. Just remind me of Mr. Tickle from the Mr. Men books. But <laughs> <It's like, laughs> uh, so, well, yeah, he... Bored of me. Slightly off, yeah, slightly off topic. That's what I do while I was waiting for you when you're in the shop before we record. <laughs> um, well, here we are. So, anyway, back to Jack Bonham actually produced probably the best moments. I mean, probably better than the goal itself was actually we saved a penalty. Mate. What's going on there? Yeah, we don't save many of them. I mean, who was it now? Was it was it Butland who had that really horrendous run where we hadn't saved a penalty in about 300 years? I can't remember which goalkeeper it was now. Yeah, um, it was him. Was it Bursic? Yeah. Yeah, there was someone. It was like 15 or 16 penalties in a row or something stupid. Um, so, yeah, I mean, good, good on Jack because he has come in for a lot of stick this season. And I think it's no it's no secret. Jack Bonham is not a t- top 10 goalkeeper. And neither probably yeah. does he think he is either. You know, he was, he was a Gillingham reject. So... You know, the fact that he's come to Stoke, he was never going to be a top 10 goalkeeper. He was there to 
to fill a gap. Obviously, we were hoping that Joe Bursic was going to step up. That didn't obviously happen. Uh, fielding might as well not even exist. So, you know, he's, sure he's, he's at Davis the limit. At the time as well. who, sorry, who was that again? I'm sure we had Adam Davies at the time as well, didn't we? Adam Davies, I think, as well. And he never quite, I don't know what it was with him again. We, we, we went on a run of goalkeepers making mistakes. And then all of a sudden, Michael O'Neill's back and forth with different things. They're making mistakes. There's no continuity. And then we end up in a scenario where we've got no first team keeper. We just keep switching and changing. So for the yeah. first time in years, we've ended up with probably the worst string of goalkeepers we've had. Because there's one thing about our club you can always say, Dan, is we've always had very good sets of goalkeepers for years. And we've yeah. now got nothing. I think, like I say, you can go back 20 years since we last had a bad... It's what you consider a... Uh, 20 years since we had a reliable goalkeeper, shall we say. Since we didn't have a reliable goalkeeper in the net, sorry. You know, you're thinking... Yeah. You had, um, obviously, you had uh, Butland, which, you know, until the last 12, 12 months, he was a very, very good goalkeeper, even in the championship. People forget that first season down, he, you know, the amount of games that we drew nil-nil where he pulled off a worldly save and stopped us losing, probably kept us out of a relegation fight, the amount of points mm-hmm. we ended up dropping. Um, and obviously in the Premier League, and that he was fantastic as well. Once he didn't get to be England's goalkeeper whilst playing for us, you know, by playing crap. And obviously before him, there was Begovic, Sorensen, Simonson. Um, and then even before that, you had like De Hoy, didn't you? Yeah. And then and then obviously, like I say, I think you know, that covers like pretty much the last 20 years. So Yeah, yeah we've had we, some uh, really good keepers. And then obviously, you know, I think the, the, the club itself as well in history has always been based on good goalkeepers. And, you know, the likes of Banks, Shilton, Fox, um, you know, right through the 70s, 80s and, and early 90s. And there was just that, that period, one there from like the mid nine after Peter Fox. I suppose Mark Prudhoe wasn't wasn't too bad a goalkeeper, but I think... You're going uh, back far too far for a lot of our fans, mate. Uh, there's, there's a lot of people <laughs> who have not seen them. You're showing your age here. And I'm sure, I'm just throwing some names out. There's half half the people going, who's he on about? And half of them going, Oh, I remember him. Oh yeah, oh, I forgot him. <laughs> I mean, we won't mention well, uh, Carl Muggleton. <laughs> he got mentioned no, last week. That's enough on this pod. <laughs> yeah, there's so, so, one more mention he's had from any other Stoke fan in about fifty years. So uh yeah. A, a, anyway, what one one player unfortunately I've been wanting to to see him take his chance, but I, I thought Connor Taylor looked shaky um, again. Really, uh, bit of I don't know if I want to use the word reckless so much. Uh, maybe inexperienced. I think he brought down Bedes obviously for the uh, for the penalty and good on Bonham for saving it. But um, I think Connor Taylor has, has looked a bit shaky. And I, again, I don't know whether that is experience, whether that's coming back from injury, you know, lack of game time or, or whatever. But I'm, I'm on board with what I think somebody said last week. I think. Maybe Connor Taylor needs a loan, you know, a bit of a, a full season in a team, you know, 35, 40 games and come back next year while well, the, you know, the following season uh, to, yeah. to see if he can force his way into Stoke. He's not quite ready, especially if we want to be a promotion chasing team. He's not ready yet. No, I think in the long run, it's probably going to do him more harm than good trying to trying to be that player in a team that's looking for promotion right now and that he's better off, like I say, going out and getting some regular games for a season. He's still young, he's still twenty one. He's he's come into 
um, into the club later on, hasn't he? It wasn't as if he's, you know, he's he's been right through since he was seven, eight years old. You know, we, we picked him up from sort of Stafford Rangers, didn't we? I know he's he was at the Vale as a youngster, but it's like he, um, you know, he's probably got a lot of potential there. But he just need, you know, we, we can probably afford to give him an extra couple of years that you maybe wouldn't with other youngsters coming through. Yeah, 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 um, exactly, exactly that. It's not a bad, it's not a bad defender. I think he's shown in no. glimpses. He's got, he's got quality. It's, he's just been really unfortunate with injury and consistency. Mm. Yeah, I think it wasn't a great day for our defenders all round. Really, was it? I mean, their goal. No. Obviously, he he gave the penalty away that could have, you know, could quite easily have lost the game. It was, you know, bar the great save from Bonham. Um, I think also as well, obviously, Jag Yalk has gone up, hasn't he? And sort of Fox has gone. It's gone over him. Jagielka's has then gone. It's missed here. He's sort of, you know, sort of miss skimmed off the top of his head kind of thing, and and straight to uh, the Cardiff forward. Uh, who's sort of one on one then into with Bonham, and that's how sort of the equaliser came about from a nothing ball, you know, big long diagonal, straight diagonal ball straight down the middle. How thinking, many times you know, have we said that this season, though, Dan? Yeah. I mean, how many goals do we have to keep conceding from long balls? It's, we've got to stamp that out next season because a team has not... We've we've said so so many times, you don't need to win 2-3, 4-0 in this league. A lot of games are won. 1-0, 2-1. Um, you know, a game can be drawn, won or lost on one goal. We, we can't next season have that vulnerability. And you're not going to stop it every single time. But it, it's, it's been far too many times this year. Do you, do you know what you can't have in this league? Is you can't have... As such an obvious weakness, because no. teams are good enough to to take advantage of that, are they? If teams know that you've got an obvious, like say, such an obvious weakness, then they will take advantage of it and they will punish you for it, and they'll play to that, play on that weakness to get themselves yep. opportunities and win. Like I say, win games one nil. Yeah. Stoke can't yeah. Stoke can't defend long ball straight down the middle. Let's pump a few, pump a few of them. One of them comes off, one nil up. There's two, oh, two, the other thing they can't do is they can't break you down when you when you sit in deep. So we'll just sit here now and win the game one nil. Simple. <laughs> and then it yeah. sounds it sounds a bit sort of patronising or whatever to say it like that, but it, it, it's true. That that's that's how many how many times have we seen that play out this season? That game, just as we said it there, team score identical yeah. goals and then just sit back and knowing that we can't really do anything about it. Yeah, yeah, exactly that. But again, there's there's a few elements we need to add. Whether that again is bringing through experienced players, more experience, I I don't know. Um, I think when we talked about defence. I thought Hoover was quiet again. Unfortunately, I think he's had a couple of quiet games now. And this is what I was saying the other week. I think we're in a scenario where players, and they're only human. I don't think they want to get risk of injury or anything like that as they go into the summer. They've got nothing to play for. Why would you go and get injured? When you've got you know two, three, four months off, I think a lot of them have seen what's happened to Ben Wilmot and thought, "Sod this, I ain't getting injured. I will put in enough that stops me getting abuse." But um, I well, do I feel that, quite oh, that. <laughs> well, yeah, but genuinely, I, I do think a lot of them are on the beach now, uh, and I know people use that term. I think they are, and I am. I am not blaming them. Um, they should turn up for the fans, absolutely, but. The human beings and they work all year. Whether you think they paid too much money or not, you know they they are they're still working and they get three or four months off at the absolute most. So you can't blame them for not wanting to get injured and spoiling their entire summer. 
So I get it. Um, and it's the comments that have been raised all week to me. And I, I get it. I understand. I'm not criticizing them for it. The, you know, the human. Um, I just think there's a lot of people who've just taken the foot off the gas. Yeah. I mean, it's only been like three months, is it? I mean, you get what, six weeks? No, it's seven not weeks? Six weeks. Yeah. yeah. Six, yeah, six weeks, seven weeks in the back and training at the end of June. Um, I think the thing is, it's like right now, do you play it's sort of catch trends too? If you play those players who are out of contract, they have got to prove to you they want a new contract. But like you're just saying there, or in the back of their mind, are they thinking, if I get injured here and I'm out for four months, that could be my career done because by the time I come yeah. fit, the, tra- the transfer is closed. Everyone's got what they want. You know, people have forgot about me. I'm, an, you know, who am I? You know, how many yeah. players have you seen? You know, oh, they're thinking, oh, how's he not got a club? And, you know, they've, they've retired at like, you know, 26, 27, 28, just because there's no clubs coming for them. And also, Alex Neal turned around and, you know, and saying, oh, it's a chance for people to impress and get a contract. The guy knows who's going to get a contract. He does not he need to see two way. games. Yeah, exactly. If he doesn't know by now, then that's bloody worrying. So, like, I think... If yeah. he's judging, if he's judging next season squad on two end-of-season friendlies, which is basically what they are to us at this point, then then that's not good. <laughs> if, they no. can, if they can go if they can go out and... I mean, there will be some who will, he'll probably have seen things in and go, I want to see more for go and show me more, go and show me something more. And hoping that you know, they go and give him three, four consistent performances and he can say, you know what? Most of the season I've seen it one in three, one in four, but you've just given me four games in a row now. And I think, you know, you can you you can be a starter for me if you can be that consistent. Yeah, you know, that that kind of, I understand that. I understand that kind of viewpoint. Um but again at the same time, if the intensity is not there from from the game itself, then what does it actually matter? For me personally, I'd like to see a lot of the youngsters brought in. Um, for these last couple of games, I know obviously I know QPR. You've got the integrity of the league, haven't you? QPR are down the bottom. Watford are trying to get in the playoffs, but at the end of the day, you, that's that's not our problem. I'm sorry. You know, apologies to to Huddersfield and Cardiff and, and anybody else down the bottom. That it's not our fault if we want to. You know, if the, we want to blood youngsters ready for next season, and that means that you know QPR win the game on Saturday, for example. It is what it is. Well, they've had all season those other teams made to get enough points. They can't blame their relegation on the last two games. Yeah, sorry, that that is a weak excuse. If you've been crap for the majority of the season, which means you're down there, you deserve to be down there by now. So, yeah, I'm I'm with you. I mean, David Akagbu could get an opportunity. I don't know whether, you know, I'm trying to think now, whether Tezgal, I know you said he was back in training, so whether Emery's bit enough for 20 minutes or something. Um, I've got no interest in seeing Jordan Thompson. Got no interest in seeing Selena. Don't care about Frank Fielding. Maybe even he'll get a game. You never know. He might actually yeah. kick a ball for us, potentially. Um, <laughs> Nick Powell, don't care to see him. Baker, don't care to see him. He's had a chance. Um, Sterling, don't need to see any more of him. We know what he's like. So when I think about the bench that we had last against Cardiff, David Akagbu and Fielding are probably the only two that you say, just give him a kick out, whatever, give him a chance. Not not to do anything special. I mean, Fielding should go anyway. But Kagbo, I have not I can't say I've seen the guy. I've heard relatively positive things. He's obviously been in around, you know, the first team. So just just give him a game and what's the worst that could happen? <laughs> well, in the um to quote and then this this will resonate with some of our listeners. Um to res, res, <laughs> to quote WWE wrestler Wade Barrett. 
I'm afraid I've got some bad news. Oh dear. Um, David Akagbu went off injured for the under-21s on Monday night when they drew a first Oh, did he? Yeah, it did. After, well, ah. he got subbed off after 20 minutes. So, yeah, it was nil-nil. Okay. So it wasn't as if he was having a mare. Yeah. Okay. Lose Macari. Yeah. Yeah. Give him a go instead. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I would say, uh, I think uh, a couple of other things. Uh, obviously, Ben Pearson back in makes a massive difference. I mean, you mentioned him at the beginning, yeah. but... He's, he's such a he, he is the key signing for me. I think we need to get him signed up in the summer, and um, yeah, and then I think centre backs. That's, that's for me. Those are the, the first key things we need to do. Get some centre backs who can defend long balls, <laughs> and um, yeah, get some centre backs, uh, some fresh centre backs in, and like I say, get Ben Pearson, and then I think we go from there. Then to be honest, that'll be my uh, yeah. my key. Uh, and obviously Bonham, I mean, we already mentioned him. To me, this is the best spell of his Stoke career, but still needs to be better. We still need better. Sorry, sorry, Jack, but as a number one, um, I, st- I do still think we need somebody who's who's more who's got a higher ceiling, shall we say? I think Jack Bonham's it, it playing best. very well. Yeah. Sorry, I was just going to say, at best, he's next year's number two, maybe number three, but he should yeah. not be our number one next year. For me now, he's a number two who you don't sort of you don't watch through your fingers when he comes on anymore. Like he's not that kind of number two. Like oh oh no, the key, the number one keeper's injured. Now what do we do? It's like okay, yeah. number one keeper's injured or sent off, whatever. That's fine. Bottom, he'll, he'll come in. He'll do a job for two three games or whatever. But yeah, if you want to get promoted, I don't think you want to be playing Jack Bonham in forty six games next season. Yeah, too bad. Uh, Philogene Bidace. He's so he, he'd only just come on when he won that penalty. Very lively. Would I mean mentioned this a few weeks ago, didn't I? Would you have him back at Stoke? Mm. He seems to be ripping it up a bit at Cardiff. They love him. He's got the trickery. Oh, he's still youth. Know. He's still improving. I mean, it's a question whether he'd want to come back. But, but you know, Alex Neil wants wingers. He definitely gives you width, doesn't he? He gives you pace, trickery. What more would you want in a winger? Could he could he be a target, do you think? Apparently Aston Villa have said he can go in the summer. Yeah. Uh, Free transfer? I, mean, I can't say I'm overly against it. I mean, he, he looked okay. I don't think he set the world alight, did he? But he, he looked okay. He was very young, I, very raw then, wasn't he? Yeah, he was raw. Because we were saying a lot of trickery, wasn't there? A lot of step overs, a lot of mm. you know forward thinking and driving into the box, which, you know, you want that. Um, but, yeah, it'd be interesting to see what he has learned at Cardiff. I mean, if, if he's learned and he's improved, then if he's a free signing, we could do worse, I suppose. I, yeah, I'd say for a free signing, I think we've got enough players coming in, especially if he's one who comes in who... Sort of, you know, knows a bit. The, the club know a bit about him. I know, obviously, Neil wasn't here when he was here, but you know, there'll still be. You'll know a bit about the club. The club know a bit about him. Um, I think when we have got the overhaul that we have got, if you can have them little little things like that, just help it become less of a big a big issue, doesn't it? On, on the you know, mm-hmm. the bigger picture. Uh, yeah. Is there anything else you want to mention for the Cardiff game, mate? No, I think that's pretty, bit, pretty much it. There wasn't an awful lot, was there, to be honest with you? I think we pretty, pretty much uh, covered that. I think, I suppose, another player who has failed to to shine, and we won't cover this because we've, we've spoken a lot about him, Dwight Gale. He's, he's just, it's a shame. It, we, we got Dwight Gale a few years too late. 
Um, didn't really have much joy, I don't think, against Cardiff at all. Uh, a couple of half chances, which he uh, weren't, I wouldn't say fluffed, that's probably a bit harsh. Um, he just didn't connect well with. So, yeah, I think just, again, another player who probably needs to go. I mean, we talk about overhaul. The more you look down this this entire squad, um, you realise just what a big job this is going to be. But, um, yeah, that pretty much covers it for, for Cardiff for me, Dan. Yeah, I mean, what we'll do, we'll just just before we get into the man of the match, we'll just listen to uh, our good friend Tom, Cardiff fan, just hear his thoughts on the game. All in all, uh, Saturday was a bit of a weird game. Um, it was quite frustrating at times, um, especially at the start. I thought we were very, very poor, which is, it's it's been a story of our season, really, um, in a weird way. You know, we get the big result, um, a good away win, and then we can't really follow it up when we're at home. Um I thought we started pretty poorly. Um, I think, you know, the midfield was being quite overrun. There was next to no tempo. Um, we weren't really trying to win anything. Um, I thought it was all very flat and we got punished for that uh, with Stoke going ahead. Um, but yet again, uh, it took us going behind to sort of wake us up a little bit. And um, luckily we managed to put one of the chances away um, with Sori Carver's equaliser. Um, you know, he's been such an important player for us uh, the second half of the season since January and I really hope that we find a way to keep him next year um, because he's just been absolutely outstanding in every way for us and you know we had the opportunity to win it with um, the penalty which we unfortunately ended up missing uh, but you just gotta put it behind you Um, so yeah it's we would have wanted a win um, not the best result, probably, um, a draw. It's games like this where, you know, you want to be picking up a win, ideally, especially at home. Um, but it's ultimately, it's better than nothing. Um, we just got to, you know, take it on the chin and keep going and pull together some more big results um, towards the end of the season now. And hopefully um, we've done just enough and we'll be able to do just a little bit more to stay up. Cheers, Tom. Thanks for that. Um, yeah, so like I said, I was just going to head into the man of the match poll, Mike. Uh, who would you have given it to? Um, well, it's probably... Oh, it's going to be tight. I think it be between Bonham, Pearson and Loren. I'm going to go for Loren just because he got the goal. Okay, well, in third place, Connor Taylor with 8%. Really? Uh, Yes, yeah, surprised surprised me as well. That maybe at this point, has he got some fans who um, they'll love him regardless? <laughs> um, but yeah, fair enough. Different, just different view to to mine and yours by the sounds of it. Um, second place was uh, Ben Pearson with eleven percent of the vote, and with a whopping sixty nine percent of the one hundred and forty seven votes, Jack Bonham was man of the match. Uh, okay. So yes, no Josh Loren. He did get my vote, but he only got four percent. I think he only got three. So yours might have been the other one, the one of the other two. <laughs> I think he might have been, to be honest, yeah. Okay. Interesting. Uh, so yeah. So player of the season. Obviously, we mentioned Ben Wilmot. Uh, he's five hundred and ninety-nine points. He's fifty-four points in front of Will Smallbone. Uh, Josh Loren and Tyrese Campbell are now joint third on four hundred and nine. Jacob Brown's in fifth on three five eight. Now Bonham with his fourth man of the match this season, uh, same as Will Smallbone and Harry Clark. Uh, only Ben Wilmot with six has got more, by the way. 
but that uh, moves him up into ninth place. So he's up into the top 10, is Jack Bonham. <laughs> so, yes, who would have thought that? <laughs> how, how, many, um, how many striking options have we got in the top 10? If you, I don't know if you've got the list in front of you. I'm just yes, thinking, because we've, we've talked about... Brown and Gale. Camp, so out of 10, we've got three attacking options. Well, to be fair, I don't think we've got any more strikers, have we? <laughs> well, yeah, saying that, yeah. <laughs> well, I'm just saying that, again, says a lot about our season, that we've got probably more defenders and, and whatnot than bloody strikers in there. But, OK, fair enough. Yeah. OK. Shall we uh, move into the underage teams? So, the under-18s. We'll start with them. So, they had a 2-2 draw at home to Liverpool this past week. Uh, it was New Zealander striker Adam Watson. Uh, 2K's total to 9-19 this season uh, as he opened and closed the scoring in the game either side of a Liverpool brace uh, for Dan's for them. Um, they've just got away game left, still a couple of away games left this season. So, they're away at Everton this coming Saturday, 11am kickoff at Finch Farm. Uh, if they can win that game, it guarantees us fourth place in the table. So that'd be a great achievement, wouldn't it? Mm. Uh, the under-21s. So they played their last game of the season. I mentioned it earlier on. Uh, they Monday night, Bet365 Stadium, they hosted West Brom. It was a nil-nil draw. Uh, so Lewis Macari captain the side. Um, game of, I don't think it was a game of sort of few chances and that. Um, like I say, David Kabu did go off injured, unfortunately. So that sort of may sort of put a dampener ahead of his... Uh, chances of making his debut in the last couple of games. Uh, but yeah, the under-21s rounded off their season, finishing 10th of 11 in the in the league. Just Derby finished below them. Um, but I think, obviously, they did have a couple of good cup runs as well, didn't they? So I think, obviously, you know, when you consider that the amount of players that maybe we've been sent out on loan and or, you know, uh, people like Lowe and Tesco have been with the first team instead of playing for the 21 stuff so are, I think... Um, yeah, they've probably been depleted, and like I say, results aren't everything at that level, are they? It's all about development and no. bringing people through. Uh, now the women's. So the women didn't have any game last week, but this, this, this actually has turned into a massive game. Not necessarily as much riding on it for for our ladies, our women, but the game itself is going to be huge. So this this coming Sunday, they're away at Nottingham Forest, two p.m. kickoff. It's the last game of the season. Forest are top of the league on goal difference. Um, and then there's, there's also so Forest lead the way. Now they've got quite a healthy goal difference. I believe it's 19 better than the team in second. So basically a win should win them the league. Um so yeah, so they're so they've got 51 points, goal difference of 60. Wolves have got 51 points, a goal difference of 41, and Burnley in third have got 49 points with a goal difference of 37. So if we beat Forest. And Wolves don't win. Burnley can still go up, even though, in, even though they're third at the minute. So we could throw a spanner in the works. We could, uh, you know, put the what shall I say? I don't know. How can we nicely say this without being rude? <laughs> I was going to say piss on the chips, Mike, but that's not nice. We don't be doing that. <laughs> we <laughs> we could put a dampener on the uh, on the on the uh, party poppers, couldn't we? Yeah, let, yeah, let's go with dampener. That sounds better. <laughs> Although if you do the op- the opposite, then you kind of also have that effect. But that's <laughs> um, so yeah, so like I, like we say, that's that's going to be a great game. Uh, good luck to the women, and I say hopefully they end the season well with a bang. 
Now, you put a tweet out, did you not, uh, asking for some questions? Did I? I believe you did. <laughs> yeah. And then you sent me yeah, a you whole know... host of questions. <laughs> yes, you never know how these things are going to go. Um, you either get one or you get 101. And we've had a lot of ones in the past. I think we've only got four or five this time. Right, so shall we crack in with Dan then? So these are your questions. Uh, Mike asked for what you want us to talk about. So first of all, John Oldfield said, what do you guys think should be the priority this summer, new defenders or a key striker? Now, we sort of touched on this from my point of view. I think, obviously, after Ben Pearson, we could do, we need some striker, we need some uh, defenders. Uh, I think if we, if you can keep games tight and don't concede, then you don't lose games for me. I think you, you you start from the back. We've got, we haven't got terrible forwards in Brown and Campbell and uh, people like that. So I think we start at the back, we sort the defence out and then you you know, you know work your way forward from there for me. Uh, what about yourself, mate? Yeah, I've got a, sim- I've got a similar down on my notes, to be honest, Dan. Um, so, you know, retaining Pearson, I've put his number one priority. Um, pretty much carbon copy. So it's the spine of the team, you know, solid in, in goal. We need to, as we've already said, need a number one goalkeeper. A top 10 quality goalkeeper is really important. Or the vet, you know, maybe even Sarkic. I don't think we've seen anything to think he's not capable. So maybe we can get him back potentially, either a loan or a, or obviously a permanent deal. Um, and then, yeah, a couple of real hard not centre backs. I'm not interested in them having to be all pretty and playing out from the back every time. I know we probably want a bit of a mix, but we are, I just want a couple of really demanding centre-backs. You know, we can leave our, our full-backs or wing-backs or whatever Halley wants to do with them. We can leave them with the midfield, with then hopefully a good strike force, um, and that can take care of itself. But let's just nail that bloody defensive and goalkeeper spots. And I think, like you said, everything should flow from there then. Yeah, exactly. You build build from there, don't you? Uh, at Kieran Downs says, how many of the players we have on loan will turn into permanent players and how many players would you sell to accommodate? Okay, I don't think we have to sell anyone because I think we're going to get rid of enough players. So I don't think there's going to be any issues as such. How many do I think we'll sign? If you count Axel, who is invisible, um, I think we'd still want to sign him if we're confident we can get him fit. So I'd say Axel and Pearson, the rest of them are unattainable. Maybe Sterling um, potentially is is one of the the potential guys there. He's on a lot of money at Chelsea, so he's going to have to drop down a little bit. So I'd say most likely two, potentially three. Anything beyond that, I think, is going to be a bit unrealistic. Yeah, I think with Sterling, yeah, let's, let's be fair, if, if he's leaving Chelsea... To come play in the championship, yeah, I, I don't care how much um, smoke he's, his agent blows at him. He's he's going to know, isn't he, that he's got to drop his wages? Do you know what I mean? He, the, mm-hmm. There's he's got to accept that he he's, he can't be getting Chelsea wages, you know, whilst you're playing the championship, can you? Let's be honest. No, no. Um, but yeah, like I, I'd like to see Sterling come back in. I think I don't think we'll get Hoover as a permanent. But I do think we might get him back on loan for the for the full season next season. Yeah, I can I can see that that being the deal that we do because um, he's you know he's, he's done well in the second half of this season and for Wolves especially after you know the bad time he had at PSV at the start of the season they're probably thinking well you know he's got a good reputation he's got a good um, uh, good relationship here going at Stoke 
make the most of that, sending out so at least we know the manager knows him, he knows the the, the the team, the squad, the fans, the club, and give him another twelve months there. And then obviously that's a Wolves benefit and hopefully to Stokes benefit too. So I'd like to see him stay. Um Sarkic, again, if Bonham's going to be number two, is Sarkic good enough to be number one? Um, you don't uh, know really, do you? Let's be no, honest. No, he, he didn't. He's a very different goalkeeper to what we've been used to. He comes and punches, doesn't he? And thing. I think a lot of people, the, the problem is, I think what we need is we need players who are going to get fans on side. So we need plenty of plenty of heart, plenty of effort. Um, I think the one thing with Sarkic is when when we when he comes and punches, you can see there's a certain uh, there's, there's a split in the fan base of people who who accept that that's part of goalkeeping, especially modern keepers, and people who don't like that kind of goalkeeping. And I think if if he comes out and makes a mistake of that, I think there is a section of fans who will not think twice of sl- slaughtering for coming out, mispunching it or punching it straight to one of their players, and he, and he scored. And be, and I think because I don't think they agree that that's what a goalkeeper should be doing. If you know what I mean. And well, I'm 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 with those. I wouldn't I wouldn't use the word slaughtering for it, but I'm one of them people who, if you can catch it, you catch it. Why would you increase the pressure on your defence when you don't need to? I think it. If sometimes they have to punch, but if you can catch it, bloody catch it. Yeah, but yeah, that that's fair enough. Um, I just wonder whether. If yeah, we can see the goal, we go one 0 down the terminal. All of a sudden, the fans are oh, bloody hell! That all that you can hear mm. it, and and it all just kicks off again, doesn't it? I think, like I say, I think Neil needs to try and build, sort of, yeah, he needs to build sort of 2006 Mark II, don't he? Bring players <laughs> in who have who've got a bit of effort, you know, who've got all the, the skill and ability, but who are going to work, you know, work themselves, run themselves into the ground for you and really connect with the fans. That's what that's what we sort of need. And I do yeah. wonder whether, uh, you know, nothing against the live thing, I just wonder whether that scenario, you know, would, would just hamper that sort of relationship building. Um, and like I say, if Bonham's number two, I mean, have you noticed how Daniel Everson's getting games for Leicester now <laughs> and playing yeah, really well? That. <laughs> yeah, convenient Yeah. Um so it's like, like I say, he's, he's just as we were hoping to, so so you know, sort of get him in in the summer. Or we obviously want to get him in January, didn't we? But I think he maybe could have been a summer signing. And it looks like he's he's sort of Leicester number one, <laughs> kind of thing. So and if they're coming down, then well, there you go. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I mean, who else have we got? Will Smallbone has no chance he's coming back here. Southampton have already nope. said that, haven't they? Unless that's brokenmanship and a um, bit of you know, uh, bit of poker playing, trying to make Stoke you know put put an extra uh, zero on the on the price tag or whatever. But I can't see that happening. <laughs> Stoke, you know, Stoke will be they'll have the you know, what they're prepared to pay is what they're prepared to pay. I don't think they'll get drawn into that kind of scenario. Um, but we just have to go try and find out, try and find next season's Will Smallbone, won't they? <laughs> yeah, there's no chance he's signing permanently, mate. No. Um, who else have we got? So we've got Pierce. Yeah, we want Pearson in, don't we? Twanzebe for me. Yeah, I would. I would love to see Twanzebe here. Um, I hope the fact there is sort of fitness issues may just play into our hands here. The, the fact you know how few games he has managed to play for us, just the five appearances. I think. He hasn't been able to throw a real good marker down for other other clubs. I mean, because clubs will know how good player he is, but they'll still have that, you know, that, that question mark over his fitness. 
our physios have six months us? with him. Yeah, and the, the, the advantage we've got is our physios have had six months with him, haven't they? So they'll know, they'll probably know more in depth his body and and what he's capable of long term, what he's not, or at least yeah. have an idea what he, you know if there is anything long standing there. Um, so obviously we are probably in a better position than anybody to try and make that decision, aren't we? So I'd like to see him stay. Um, but if we don't try and go in for him, then I imagine there's probably, like I say, we've probably picked up a reason why, haven't we? Yeah. And I think one player we can rule straight out, though, Dan, Selena. Nobody's going to want Selena on a permanent no. basis. That's an easy one. No, I think I do feel a bit sorry for him in the fact that obviously he was a victim of circumstance. Didn't Wasn't able to get game time due to the loan rule, but... When he's been given his opportunities now, he just looks disinterested for me. He just doesn't look like he can be bothered to be here. Um, I wonder, uh, and this is a Donna thingy, because obviously it was a Michael O'Neill signing, he was really. I know we, yeah, I know Alex Null green lighted him, but he was, an, he was a Michael O'Neill signing. And part of me is wondering, well, was that a late in the day? Luke, we've got this guy, we've done a little bit of research on him. Do you want to bring him in? Extra body in the door. And I think it's probably just been the case that Alex Null's gone. All right, yeah, whatever. Let's see what happens. Brings him in. Yeah, you're not good enough for me, mate. Uh, we'll give you a bit of game time if we can, but you know, I'm, not my long-term plans. And maybe yeah. it's as simple as that. Yeah, I can, I can see that sort of playing out. Um, like you say, he was a sort of a long, long-standing target, wasn't he? Um, right, let's move on. So, Kieran Downs also has put, who would you like to be the next kit manufacturer after Macron, and what are your hopes um, for next season? Well, again, you know what. Prior to this season, I would have said let's change from Macron, but I, I actually am saying let's stick with them. Um, if and that's on the caveat that they can give us a strip like this one, like these sets of strips are probably the best ones that we have had in many, 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 many years. So if they can deliver something like this again, which I mean the sales have been massive. You know, normally end of season sales like Stoke have been running, it's. You know, there's still a decent amount of stock generally, but the only ones are five and six XL. I've noticed, which I mean, I don't plan on putting that much weight on to be able to fit into one of them. But like, they've still got yours in, Dan. Don't you worry. You 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 go get it, mate. Um, but you know that says everything. They haven't got the stock levels in to be able to sell, so they've sold well. I love the shirts, Dan. I really do. I have all the, all of them. It's very rare that I think everyone was universally pretty much praising all three strips. So, no, Macron, for me, don't change it. Um, and what was the other part of the question? Uh, how are we going to do next season? How are we going to... Oh, Jesus. Um, <laughs> we are going to do an end-of-season an end wrap-up pod, by the way, so we'll go into that in a bit more detail. But next season, I guess you, you, we've got to say that we've got to say it. We want to be chasing promotion i think every stoke fan's going to say the same thing um and that's all i'll give you on that one i will we'll we'll have a bit of a end of season breakdown pod another day i'd say for me guaranteed our best finish in the championship since we got relegated next season that for me i think that will happen next year first time in the top half i would expect top 10 and I hope we are in the top six. <laughs> That's how I'm going to go <laughs> at this point. Um, come August, no doubt when we've signed a few players, we'll all be buzzing with excitement and um, be predicting that, you know, are, are we going to win? Are we going to just win the league or are we going to break Reading's record <laughs> points total? Which one is it going to be? <laughs> but we'll, we'll see. We'll see how we go with that one. 
Um, there is one, a last question. Uh, I don't know if you'd be able to answer this one, mate. It says, in honour of Bojan's return, what's your favourite me memory of our Spanish prince? Uh, okay. Liam Mullen this is, has this question. And he says, for me, the Spurs goal or the first half link up with Shaq and Arnie v Man City? You know what? Actually, yeah. Um, I think it's very hard, actually. I was looking back some of the highlights of, of Bojan, actually, the other day. Um, he's had a, a lot of really great moments. Um, some of them where he's scored directly, others where he's just done some really skillful play and you just go, oh, yeah, okay, brilliant. I think you're right. I think that link-up with Arnie and Shaq against Man City was probably some of the best football I've ever seen from a Stoke City team. We absolutely wiped the floor with them that day. Um, and that was it was one of those moments where you take a look back and like, what, what the hell am I watching here? What Stoke team am I watching? Because it was magical. Um, and he was part of that. And it was, it was a key part of that as well. So I think that's a very good shout. If I have to choose a different one, though, so it's not just a cop-out answer. Um, I It's a weird one, actually. So I wouldn't say, let's take away the Spurs one because that Spurs run was brilliant. So I'm actually going to go back to the Arsenal game where he, had, he actually had a goal disallowed, if you remember rightly. And I can't remember now. That would have put us, I was it 3-1 off or 4-0 four, four or something like that? He would have made it 4-0. 4-0. I mean, it's just because it's against Arsenal, if I'm honest <laughs> with you. And he, he ran the show on that day and, yeah, wrongly disallowed. And then they end up having a bit of a fight back. Um, but, yeah, he's there's been many moments for Bojan. Um, and it'd be good for fans to say hello and goodbye to him, I guess, um, in the upcoming game. Yeah. Um, for me, I think we've obviously the Dipping Poster there put a lot of, you know, two great goals. Um, like I say, it's just fantastic in different rights. One solo, one to the Tottenham one where he just took the ball, run and pinged it in the bottom corner. Um, and City, like I say, just the one touch football, pass and move, pass and move, just fantastic. Um, but for me, I think if you're going to look, like I say, left field, try find another. Um, sort of another goal just to throw in there. I mean, I think he gets forgotten due to what happened shortly afterwards, but the goal he scored against Rochdale just before the he volley. got that. Yeah, just before he got that, you know, obviously his serious knee injury um, just a few minutes later in that game. But yeah, that volley, sort of like touching volley on the edge of the box was a great finish as well. well yeah, three yeah. minutes in, wasn't it? Two or, two or three yeah. minutes in, we're at the start of the game, volley and you're right, he then goes down on a bit of a nothing tackle and he never had a good game again for me he, that was that was the end of Bojan at that point um, it's a real shame think, yeah yeah. I think he did have I think he did have good games when he came back I think he did I think he was just he was never the same no I think we, we he, he, he didn't get the consistency back after he come back from that injury did he that he had before and no um, but it's like obviously that man the Man City Man United appearances they were post they were post-injury, weren't they? Because obviously, when he when he did get injured, it was before Shakiri had joined the club. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think that link up, like I say, with with Sha having Shakiri and Arnauto, it's there, and even people like Athalai as well, and in the midfield. I think he just, like I say, the midfield, the, the Nzonzi, and just like I say, the players that they had around him were just it was just amazing to watch at times. Stoke were then, uh, and he was a keep. I think he was a key part of it. Sexy um, Stoke. Yeah, yeah we were. <laughs> and not just for it's one or two It's such a shame, isn't it? it <laughs> when you look back and you realise, you, again, when people say you don't realise what you've got till it's gone, well, no, you bloody well don't. 
Um, like we we feel like we are a trillion miles, not even not even a billion, a trillion miles away from that. And it, you know, every club goes through pe- you know peaks and drops, and I'm hoping we'll be there again at some point. Um, not with Bojan, of course, but if we can just hit those those heights, if we put it this way, if we go and walk Man City off the pitch in the modern day. We are something special. So I'm not expecting <laughs> oh, that, but <laughs> I will take something. I think I'll take 70% of what we saw that day. That's fine. Do you know what? I think we'll, I'll, I'll say this now. We'll probably clip this up and uh, oh, see here we what go. I've got, we get. Got a timestamp. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot what I was going to say now. <laughs> You're going to predict Champions League winning, aren't you, within no, 10 years? No, <laughs> but that team. Got our best finishes in the Premier League and in three ninth place finishes in a row over those years. Did we actually underperform during that time? Should we have been pushed? Should we have been finishing even higher with the team and the players that we had? Hmm. Well, everybody, leave a comment down below and let us know. <laughs> yeah. Right. Two games to go. Let's go and uh, talk about one of them. Final home game of the season, QPR at home. Hi, this is Lou Roberts. This is Tyrese Campbell. And you're listening to the Every Step Along the Way podcast. Picture the scene. All of your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Open them up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. So, Mark, would you like some QPR stats? One. So, we've played QPR on 44 occasions. We have 13 wins, 11 draws and a whopping 20 defeats. Not good. At Stoke, mm. we've got... We haven't got a great record at home, to be honest. 21 games we've played against them, nine wins, three draws, and nine defeats. Um, the first league meeting between the sides wasn't until 1968, and the first meeting in the second tier wasn't until 1996. Well, that's interesting, isn't it? Mm. Um, we are un- So we are unbeaten in the last three games against QPR, one drew, well, one, two and drew one of those. Um, but we have only one home win since 2015, which is a draw and two losses in the past eight years. So Stokes home form as a 22nd in the home table, 23 points from 22 games. QPR's away form has them 15th in the away table uh, with 24 points from 22 games. Incidentally, the uh, Stokes home form there, 23 points from 22 games, is exactly the same as QPR's home form. So they're crap at home too. <laughs> um, now, last five games. Now, you remember a while ago, we were we were like second, were we, in the last five game table in the recent form? Yeah. Uh, we're currently now 24th and bottom <laughs> over the last five games with just two um... points. Um, QPR, obviously, fresh on from a 
very unexpected victory last week. Um, I've got five points from the last five games uh, and sit in 18th. So the last league hat-trick by a Stoke player was scored by John Walters versus QPR in 2015. Oh, yeah. I remember that. It was. The perfect hat-trick. It was indeed. Uh, the last five meetings produced this, between these sides have produced just five goals and only one for the home side, which was Jacob Brown's goal on Stoke's 1-0 win in August 2022. Uh, April 2022, sorry. Uh, Stoke have only scored three goals twice in the last 39 games against QPR since 1973. So don't be expecting a goal fest from uh, from the Potters on Saturday. Um, <laughs> we don't expect at... anything like that from Stoke, mate. Don't you worry. <laughs> <laughs> if you look at Alex Neal's record against Gareth Ainsworth, they've met five occasions. They have two wins apiece with one game ending a draw. Uh, the last meeting, incidentally, was last season's League One playoff final, which ended Alex Neal Sunderland two, Gareth Ainsworth Wickham nil. Uh, so he won the big one. That's all that matters. Uh, only Birmingham, with 20, have scored more goals from crosses and corners than QPR, with 19, and Stoke, with 18 this season. So, yeah, so uh, take Birmingham out of the equation. We've got the two most lethal sides from crosses and corners in the whole division. Does that, does that ring ring true with you? Is that, do you feel like we're a side that relies on, on sort of you know, set pieces well, and, and crosses? I think I said last week that we... We feel like I think you you gave some stat around the amount of goals scored within the box, which must have come from set pieces and stuff. I think you know, when you think about the season, I I'd say I wouldn't say that's how we're most lethal, but I do think we're dangerous in the box. Yeah, yeah, I think it was. Uh, I was going to mention it earlier on actually that we sort of predicted it, didn't we? That obviously Cardiff were terrible at scoring and conceding um, mm. set piece goals, so we said you know that. Because we were quite prolific in that area, um, that we you know, we didn't really have much to worry about at corners, and you know, we could try and take advantage of our own, which which we did. Um, but yeah, so it should be easier. Plenty of wing play. It could be a good old fashioned football match this one, Mike. On Saturday, both teams getting the ball out wide and whipping balls in the box. Yeah, well, I think I think it'll. I mean, I think it'll be a tight game either way. To be honest, Dan. I, I... QPR have been in free fall. I remember when they were, you know, they were speaking of themselves as if they were about to get promotion because they had a really good start to the year and um, they've really just collapsed. And I know obviously yeah. the new guys come in and, yeah, I know he's got an affinity to them, but, um, yeah, it's... The, oh, if, if they survive, it's because other teams have been worse. At the, they, They've just had... They've just escaped, just about, basically. Well, you talk about the new guy coming in. So that's Gareth Ainsworth. Obviously, left Wickham after I think it was a decade there at Wickham. Real mm, time. Safest job in football. <laughs> yeah, uh, he's won two, drew two, lost seven. However, they've only got one defeat in the last four games. They're winning two draws. Uh, so before that, it was one win and eight, one win and seven defeats from his first eight. Uh, but yeah, I mean, they beat Burnley, didn't they? Away, last minute winner away at Burnley last weekend. Craziest results. I mean, before that game, they'd won win in 21 matches, and then they go to Burnley, champions, or champions elect, and yeah. like I say, go and uh, go and beat them. Absolutely crazy. That's a shows the championship for you. Um, to me, I mean, they've got they play quite direct. I think Gareth Ainsworth's sides have always played that way. Wickham always did. 
Um, that's the style he sort of, you know, he sort of relies on that. He knows how to play that way and how to set teams up to be, you know, um, say dangerous playing that way and also tight at the back. Uh, He's got his Martin. He's got Chris Martin, Lyndon Dykes as his as his sort of focal points in attack. You know, he, he likes to hit sort of hit and build from them guys. But I mean, to me, I mean, you've got Elias Che, you've got Chris Willock, two of the most skillful, you know, flair players in the whole division, two of the best players outside the Premier League, and and they're just watching the ball sail over their head. For me, I mean, obviously, I don't watch QPR every week, but from what I have seen of them, I think it's criminally to play the way they are and, and not use the the talents that they, that they have got on the side to prefer. Yeah, and I think we talked about how we've been susceptible from different styles of play. I think if they're going to play that long ball over the top, they might have some joy. And, you know, if you think about the, the, the league, I've got a table in front of me. I mean, you know, they are on 47 points, um, three points off of relegation, and they've got a horrendous goal difference. So, if it's going to be as close as it looks, they, I mean, they, they're going to go into this game knowing that we're a team who likes to lose at home and a team who doesn't like to defend direct balls. If you're a QPR fan, you might fancy this one. I think I would as a QPR fan. I don't think I'd be scared of Stoke City, personally. Well, the pressure's probably on them because, like you just said there, they're four points above Reading, who are third bottom. But Reading are at home to Wigan on Saturday. So mm-hmm. if you, there's a good chance that they probably win that. Um, Huddersfield, they're away at Cardiff, who've, put, who've beat Rotherham tonight, so they've sealed their sort of survival. So they may just sort of switch. You know, how many times you see teams switch off once they once they've got to that, you know, whatever milestone they needed to get to. So well, you say, mate, you say they should beat Wigan. Wigan have won their last two games. You say yeah, well, beat them. I just mean, I just mean like as a QPR fan, you know, the, there's a great opportunity there for Reading, isn't there, to go and win that game? Opportunity well, for, for Huddersfield. I mean, Rotherham are at home to Middlesbrough. That's, you know, that's. I mean, Middlesbrough got a lot of injuries. Again, that's they've, they've lost tonight. You, you wouldn't expect them to go and beat Middlesbrough, but there's probably an opportunity there. Middlesbrough are guaranteed, aren't they? That they're going to finish sort of fourth place. They can't be caught by anyone lower, so they know. You know they they settled in that playoff position there. Them and Luton. Mm-hmm. You know, are they going to be taking it easy for a couple of weeks? You know they, they don't want to pick up any more injuries, do they? They've already got a, you know mounting out. So no. yeah, I mean it could just all be playing into the sides below them's hands. So QPR, the pressure is probably still right on them too. If we're if we're honest, the thing is they're going to have to come and fight, aren't they? Oh, and they'll, they they'll do and Ainsworth, that. Yeah, Ainsworth, set, he's going to set them up to be that way. That's that's the way he wants his teams to play into. In, in your face, you know, up and at them and really just not, not give an inch, not, you know, not, not back off an inch, not stand off, just really just get into the opposition. That's how he likes his teams to start. The QPR did, did, did beat Burnley. And I know Burnley are promoting. They probably got half an eye not on, you know, the game so much. But it, not many teams go to Burnley and win, never mind a team that, as I said, are in free fall. So they'll be oh, no. full of confidence. It was the first first home league defeat of the season for them. Yeah, there you go. It's crazy. I mean, would you would you be bleeding youth from the bench in this game, last last 20 minutes? Or would you be sticking a few in the starting lineup? Um, I know, I think I'm going to go for experience to start with, and then I think we'll introduce the kids later. 
Uh, I don't think we want to finish the season, if I'm honest, down with a, a defeat or you know, an embarrassing defeat or a lethargic one. I think the fans have suffered enough this year, if I'm honest. Um, <laughs> so, no, I think we need to go out on a win for the fans and also to help sell police season tickets does help. Uh, because we've done nothing for that. We, we've lost 11 games. I think, was it the joint worst home form in the league? Um, we we need to give them something to shout about. So, no, let's let's go and win the game, have a lot of youth on the bench, uh, and then bring them on later, I think. Let's win the game first. Okay. We use your, uh, do you want me to give you referee stats or do you want to name your team first? No, referee stats is fine. So, Lee Dowerty's the referee. I don't know. Does thought it couldn't get any worse, didn't we? <laughs> yep. <sighs> 30 games he's ref this season, 139 yellows, five reds, he'd given nine penalties. He's ref Stoke on three occasions this season, give us eight yellows, no reds, there's been no penalties. We've won two and lost one. Overall, he's ref us on six occasions, given us 12 yellows, uh, one red card for us, one red card against, and two penalties for us. Uh, this season, he's ref the game we lost at home to Preston, but also the away wins at Blackburn at Hull at the start of the season. Um, so, if you look sort of Stoke highlights, if you like, uh, he sent he sent Nathan Collins off in a home game against Barnsley, a red card that was then overturned on appeal for incorrectly sending him off. Uh, he was also the ref. He must he must love when we play Barnsley because uh, he also sent Dean Holden off when the two benches scrapped. Uh, Dean Holden sort of tried to calm it down and was the one man who then got sent off by. Them. <laughs> uh, if you remember that, you know, the whole place just yeah. erupted, well on the touchline. Um, so yeah, he was the ref that day, um, and he was also the ref at Forest away last season. We we sent off uh, Samba, the Forest goalkeeper, for slapping was oh, yeah. on the back of the head. Yeah, yeah. He uh, Give us a penalty, didn't he? And uh, you know, Baker put us in front, and then he give them he give them a dubious free kick, shall we say, in injury time that they uh, put in the back of the net to draw the game. Uh, so yeah, he's a very mixed bag. He's not shy of controversy when he's when he's got the whistle and Stoker uh, Stoker playing. Uh, now. There's something that we mentioned with Stoke quite a lot, but just to say, QPR, along with Birmingham and Millwall, have yet to receive a red card this season. Ah, okay. Now, I mean, we're going to move on to it. I don't know if we dwell on it too long, but QPR, Birmingham, Millwall, three quite direct sides, three quite physical sides. Um, three, you know, play the ball long, get stuck in, and yet no red card for any of them. Shows that there there is, you know, as long as you control the new aggression, that uh, yeah, you, you can still play that way in the championship. It seems. Well, there's time to go yet. Uh, maybe we can influence <laughs> that. And if like if we can't have a season without a red, neither can anybody else. So, see, <laughs> Stoke players throwing themselves on the floor at the weekend. <laughs> Send him off, exactly. Yeah. Imaginary cards. <laughs> Send him off. <laughs> did, did, did you one? Come on. Um, right, I'm going to make you hold on to your team a little bit longer because um, um, for, for the penultimate time this season, we're going to listen to Graham McGarry's prediction. Um, but before that, uh, we're going to also check in with uh, Ben, from uh, who's a QPR fan, who runs a podcast, and he's uh, this is what he's going to say on the game. Hello, Ben here, QPR fan. Um, 
part of the W12 podcast. Um, I'm here to preview um, the match between QPR and Stoke on Saturday from a QPR perspective. Um, to be honest, I think we're all still in a little bit of shock after Saturday. Um, I don't think anybody gave us any any chance of winning. Even we didn't believe it. Um, we've, you know, with our current form, we've got players out injured. We've got manager falling out with 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 key hierarchy players who have been left out um, because they're not on board with with what Ainsworth's trying to do. Um, so it, it, I mean football you never know what's going to happen in football but that is an actual football miracle and it's put us pretty much within an inch of of, of safety so we'll, we'll be looking on Saturday to um, to put any fears to bed um, but um, in typical QPR fashion I imagine that we will not make it easy for ourselves um, you know not a lot needs to happen for us to still get relegated so um so we've still got that worry um, heading into Saturday's game. Um, how are we playing? Um, we're not playing great, if I'm honest. Um, ain't, we've, you know, we play Lyndon Dykes, Chris Martin up top generally, and and and, and hoofball is probably is probably fair assessment. Actually, um, we've made the most long passes since Ainsworth took over. We've we've got someone who can a couple of players that can do long throws. Um, so you'll see them on Saturday. Um but it it will I'd imagine it would be a bit of a, a another smash and grab if we can try and get a, a win on on Saturday. Um like I said we'll have we'll have Lyndon Dykes and, and, and Chris Martin up top so expect lots of balls in the box. Ilias Chair is a bit of a diamond in there and, and we every game we're kinda of hoping that he's gonna do something, which he did on Saturday with um yeah, he was he was excellent on Saturday and really caused Burnley problems, which and got us up the pitch and stretched the game. So we'll be we'll, we'll be looking for him, rely relying on him to do something on on Saturday. Um, Ainsworth is doing okay um, to the point where when he come in, we'd already on a really bad run. Um, you know, we'd only won one in eighteen. Um, before he got there, so the issues were all there before he before he came. But I think he's he, he, he when he came in, he thought if he brought a bit of passion, a bit of drive, a bit of energy, the players would 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 react to that, um, and, and and that would tell on the pitch. But it really didn't work, um, and I think the players found it really difficult um, to start off with. But we've hit. A little bit of form. We've we've you know we've, we've drawn a couple and won one of our last four. Um, so there's signs are there that it's changing. But the the issue is style of play. I guess no one cares too much when you're winning, but when you're not winning and and you you know you're seeing the ball getting hoofed up at every opportunity, it, it makes it difficult um, to to watch. Um, but like I said, I think a needs must at the moment, and and if that's how we need to get a result on Saturday, we will. Um, opinions on Stoke oh, feels a bit like you're on the beach already, which is kind of good for us. Uh, I always look at look at Stoke and think that this every time I look at it, the team or the, the squad, I always think there's so many good players in there, but for whatever reason, they never feel like they no one can put the the jigsaw pieces together and and, and get it to click. Um, 
So I'm kind of hoping that that's still the case for you guys come Saturday because, like I said, we desperately need a result. Um, but you've certainly got some players in there that that, that could hurt us. I've always liked um, Therese Campbell. I think, I think he's, he's really good. So we'll be looking to keep him quite if he starts. Um, but yeah, I think um, it's going to be it's going to be really difficult. Um, I'm not too sure what your home forms forms like. Our away form isn't great, um, so I think it will be a, a bit of an even contest. Um, and I'm probably going to go for a one-one draw, um, which which will take um, players to watch out for. Um, like I said, Ilias Chair will be someone you need to watch out for. We've also got a young lad called Sinclair Armstrong, who, when he came on on Saturday, scared the life out of Burnley. He's only 19, Irish lad, um, and he, he's got pace to burn, like literal proper pace. So um, if he can, if he comes on on Saturday, he'd be, he'd be a good one to watch. And obviously, Lyndon Dykes has hit a bit of form, a couple of goals, a um, couple of assists, so he'll be one to watch out for. But... Um, but yeah, let's just see how we go and um, yeah, see you all Saturday. Hello there, you Potters predictors. Can you win your final home game of the season? Well, it's not very good form that you're going into it. No win in the last five. But you are facing a Queensport Rangers side who are fighting for their lives and in fact produced a real surprise result last time out. So you'll have to guard against that. It's also the legend Nigel Johnson's final game as the commentator after so many, many years working for BBC Radio Stoke and also representing Stoke City Football Club. So hopefully the men wearing the red and white striped shirts tonight, white shorts, red and white striped stockings, will give Nigel Johnson the send-off that he wants and that's going to be the three points. And I think that is exactly what you, the Stoke City fans, want as well. It's not been the best of ends to the season, but you've got this game against Queen's Park Rangers and Watford to come on the final day of the season to send off the winning ways into the summer months. So can they do it? Well, it's going to be a nerve-wracking afternoon if you're a follower of Queen's Park Rangers. So no nerves, no pressure. Go and play with freedom is what I'm pretty sure Alex Neal will be saying to whatever side he decides to send out. I can't see you're going to win the game, though. That's the one thing that disappoints me. I want to really be saying it's the end-of-season home result that everybody wants. But I'm going to go for Stoke 1, Queen's Park Rangers 1. Cheers, Ben. Obviously, uh, very uh, confused, probably more than anything else, by the uh, <laughs> how they managed to win, win at Burnley. Um, and obviously, thank you once again to Graham McGarry, the ever-present on this podcast. Uh, so, Mike, moving into teams, what is your lineup going to be? Okay, so if he's fit, Sarkic and Gold. If he's not, then it's Jack Bonham, obviously. Um, yes. I'm going to back four of Sterling and Hoover at fullbacks with Jagielka and Fox in the middle. Jagielka for his swan song because I don't think I don't think he's got another season in him personally. We could, I mean, it, it wouldn't surprise me. Obviously, we're recording this Thursday night. Maybe potentially there might be something comes out about his retirement. Maybe before the game, uh, you never know. Uh, but either way, uh, Jags for his swan song at home. 
Uh, and then, I mean, the midfield kind of speaks for itself. Loren, Pearson and Smallbone uh, with Gale, Powell and Campbell. Obviously, Jacob um, is injured, isn't he, I think, for the rest of the season, I think. So um, we've got no other strikers options. So, yeah, Gale, Powell and Campbell up front. I think defence is the only areas you've got to maybe move around the midfield and strike force. Well, we've got to do what we've got to do. <laughs> Yeah, I I don't think there's like I say too much. I've got to say Bonham, like you said there, you know, Bonham's he's got a starting goal really, there's really anybody else, is there? Um no. Sterling, Taylor Fox and Timon is about four for me. I think Fox played quite well last week. I think he's been solid. Um I'd like to see him in a, him and Taylor in a two. Uh, like I say, I think Jagielka's probably like you were saying there, maybe a swan song, but I think that that to me that's probably gonna come next weekend for me. Um, Pearson, Loren in the midfield I'm putting Baker in there again I think he needs like I say, I'm, 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 what, there's a player in Lewis Baker I know a lot of Stoke fans seem to have given up on him never want to see him in the shirt again for me that, that sort of cutting your nose off to spite your face because there is a player in there and I think if we can if he's these last two or three games we can see glimmers of that enough to spark into next year then you know, we can see that he works with Pierce and he works with Loran, you know, as, as, a, as a trio. Then that for me could be a massive, you know, save a massive headache for, for Alex Neal come the summer, you know, when he's when he's already got enough on his plate trying to bring other players in and other positions. Um, I think I've got Hoover on the right wing, I've got Campbell on the left and Powell down the middle. Um, because obviously you got so Jacob Brown's out for the season, isn't he? Uh, been reported. So yeah, like I say, Hoover for me is right wing, Campbell on the left, Powell in the middle. Uh, on the bench, I've actually got Tommy Simpkin on the bench. It's fair. If he, okay. if he has to come on, if there's an injury to Bonham, he has to come on, then he has to come on. Type of game that you want him to come and get experience in if he does. If he doesn't, then he's you know, he's had a he's had his first taste of, of being a Stoke City player on a match day, hasn't he? Um and then I've sort of gone for a bit of experience in each position and a bit of youth as well. So you've got Jagielka, Gale and Thompson, and then also Makari, uh, Redding, and either Tezgel or if he's not fit, then Holland Wilkinson uh, on the bench as well. So, yeah, I think, like I said, I'd like to see um, those three young lads getting on at the very late, or the three young outfield players getting on. If the game's won or lost either way, then I'd see no harm in also throwing Tommy Simpkin on for the last 20 minutes. I've seen, you know, these are the kind of games when you need to do it, aren't they? Um, I think we're in for a humdinger of a game, personally, and I've gone for a 3-2 Stoke win. Hoover, Campbell, Campbell and a last-minute Lewis Baker penalty. Okay, I'm going to be so much more boring. Um, 1-0 to Stoke. And it's going to be a drab, boring, tight game. And we'll just find one glimpse of maybe even a Nick Powell. I don't know. Some, something something from somewhere that will just get us over the line. I think it's going to be a very tight, boring match. Well, it's obviously, with Graham not going for a Stoke win on this occasion, the fact we have means that we can still catch him because he's got 53 points in the Predictor League. We need to get two sevens and him to get nothing. So we need to go against his games. We both have on this occasion. I'm on 42, you're on 41. We need to get two Bob on, mate. So one of us can take this title home, Predictor King. Can't wow. have any going off to Woody McGarry, can we? No, we can do it. We can do it, Dan. 
Um, how are you doing on your Super 6? Um, I think I'm doing okay. If I'm honest, I, I looked it up the other day and I, I swear I had like seven or eight points maybe. Um, yeah, and did you remember to do it this week? I did it at the weekend. I forgot to do it in midweek, didn't I? Uh, yeah, well, I, I got seven yeah. points actually, Dan. Yeah, I predicted the Villa win against Fulham. I predicted the correct score for 1-1 with Leeds and Leicester. I've actually predicted Arsenal to beat Man City and got that one wrong. Um, uh, and yeah. I would have had 11. I'm looking at this. You would. Do, oh, yeah, it's convenient. Yeah. I, do, I do have a couple. Of, I do do a couple of predictor games down to that I play um, Apparently. with friends and stuff, yeah. And yeah, I've had the Villa win, Man City win. I had the Liverpool game, did have that 2-1. And then obviously I had Forest. I did have Forest to beat Brighton, you know. Uh, really? I, I fancy them to stay up. I do. Don't well, I, really I do now. To stay up. <laughs> um, but yeah, so Super Six, like I say, I've I've given well up on that. You've you've stormed well in front of me. Um, I'm seventy fifth with two seven two. You're streaking further and further away because I just cannot. Every remember to fill it in. You're 59th on 350, mate. So, uh, yes, uh, 78 points out catching you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the top three, by the way, are unchanged Luke Jones, 465, Ben Dawson, 450, and Nick Green, 448. Uh, Andrew Dream, Andrew Dean, sorry, is on 447. He's up into fourth place. Uh, Sam Thompson, fifth on 444. So, yeah, it's quite tight at the top. There's a few, you know, if you keep getting down that list as well, it's quite tight. Um, so, yeah, good luck to everybody concerned there. Let's see who can win and be our uh, Super 6 king. Certainly won't be us. You mean, you mean uh, Gaffer King, do you? Well, the Gaffer King... It could be it could be me. <laughs> no, it's not quite me. I'm not. Uh, Jack Curran is well away on this. Um, let's see. So he is only 13 points off the top of all 10,991 players. So he's doing wow. a fantastic season. Is Jack? Um, how do you how do you think you've done this week, mate? So even members who's in my team, I would say not great. I'm going to say 51 points max. 51. Well, I am in 18th place. Well, I'll tell you what, we'll go to the top. So Jack's 3632. Second place, he's got 3437. Pookie Blinder. So he's got nearly a 200 point lead at the top of the standings as Jack. Uh, and then at Stoke Gaffer's in third on 3425. Uh, so it must feel like they're playing for second place, I imagine, at this stage. Uh, yeah. I got 56 points this week and I'm on 2479 in 18th place. You are in twenty-first place with two, three, four, four. After picking up sixty points this week, oh, so not bad. Really? So you had Indai got you twenty points. Uh, Matson got thirteen because your captain was Akpom and he got the zilch. So uh, it went off to uh, yeah. Matson. Yeah, so he did all right for you. Uh, so yes, so well done, uh, well done there, mate. You've clawed a few points off with there. I think. I think both of us in the respective tables there are going to struggle, aren't we, to uh, take over the other one? Yeah, we're. I think we're we're pretty much done in those tables. I think now we'll, we'll have an end, and then yeah, we'll keep everyone updated. And not not that anyone's probably interested, but never mind. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, we'll 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 keep you updated regardless. Um, and if you want to join next season, I'll post out the links and all that business uh, before. Well, probably pre-season. Uh, so you can get involved. There's 106 people in uh, Super Six. 
So um, I want to see that close to 200, um, ideally next year. Yeah, why not aim high? <laughs> how many listeners we and get, we should get that easily. Would you like to tell us about the survey for anyone who doesn't know what's going on or maybe has forgotten uh, when it was mentioned yep. last time? Yeah, absolutely. So firstly, thanks to everyone who has sent in. There's uh, a lot of you have done the survey for us. Uh, so this was a quick link that we put out on the Facebook group. It's also available on the Twitter feed. Uh, but basically, it's 10 quickfire questions just asked you for your opinions on certain things through the season. So favorite podcast, things you like, things you want to see next year, blah, blah, blah. Uh, it takes less than two minutes to get done. So if anyone could uh, wants to get involved, who wants to give your opinion on the podcast and say how amazing Michael is, then you're very, very welcome to do so. Uh, it's always appreciated. We've had an absolute ton of comments. Um, just wanted to pick up on a few, actually, because I don't know, we'll, me and Dan will sit down at the end of the season and run through some of these. But um, just want to answer a couple of them because I think it'd be easier. It's good to acknowledge people's people's opinions. So um, one of, a, a couple of them that came up was about having a different Stoke fan on each week you know, to give their thoughts and um, and stuff like that. Absolutely, Luke. If anyone out there wants to be on every week, even if it's just like a two-minute snapshot, a bit of an audio you want to send in with your week's thoughts or whatever it is, then absolutely, we're all over that. We have tried to do it a number of times in the past. People don't want to be on podcasts. They get a bit self-conscious. Um, don't need to be. Like We're all Stoke fans, so like if you want to get involved, please do. But absolutely, we'd love that type of thing. Um, unfortunately, people just don't want to be on radio or be on podcasts. So um podcast specials with you know people at the club currently there uh, was another one so again i don't think it's been too much of a secret that we had a player nailed in and then certain players got about a, a bad back injury so all of a sudden can't do it or may not be able to do it it's a bit up in the air won't be a rocket scientist to figure that one out so um we're working on that at the minute that hopefully should be over the line shortly but um it may be a pre-season for that particular one now, uh, we'll let you know. But it is difficult to get things like that done. So tr trust me, me and Dan want to give you as much insight to, you know, the, the management team at Stoke, the players, etc. Um, but please also appreciate that it's not an easy thing to sort out. There's a few hoops you have to jump through. So, um, yeah, uh, but it's basically you're doing the survey. You, you have to be patient. You have to be patient. You can't just walk into Stoke and say, yeah, I want to speak to Tyrese Campbell and I've done. Like, you know, we uh, we won't go through the politics of it, but, you know, we, we were chosen over any other podcast to do the Tyrese Campbell interview. And we, we, we feel grateful for that. But, you know, that's not so easy to do. So we will do it as much as we can. Ex-player interviews, you know, one of the things that you said you really loved was, you know, like the Eric Skeels interview, for example. Uh, you want to see ex-players. So, again, we will work on that. Um so, yeah, just please do the survey because it's stuff like that which helps us to understand what you want to see. Um, and without knowing what you want to see, we'll just keep trudging along and trying to do our best for you. That's all we can do. So, yeah, that's pretty much it, Dan. Thank you. Yes, fantastic. Yes, like I say, the more the more replies we get, the easier it is to, to shape because, I mean, we can sit here and talk crap and and do stuff that you really don't want to listen to um so yeah if you, you you're, the, you're the guys who've got to listen to it so if you tell us what you want what you like uh, we can do more of that <laughs> yeah um one thing that people do like mike is the quiz so i've got a qpr <laughs> quiz for you let's get oh. into that to wrap up this podcast 
Well, can I please everyone <laughs> vote? My and favorite time of the week. <laughs> can everyone just vote that you hate the quiz, please? Because I, I am actually one who sits here and goes, I do not like the quiz. Because my memory does not retain all this stuff from previous years. So uh, everyone can vote down the quiz and stop voting it up, please, because you're giving him a proper ego boost here. Every every week, just as we get to this type of recording and he knows it's, it's coming up, I'll get a text message sent whilst we're going saying, oh, don't think we've got time for a quiz this week, mate. Best, best wrap it up. <laughs> no, that never like, happens. Not once. I'm like, I'm steamrolling through. We're having this quiz, yeah. <laughs> Go on so, then. Question number one. This, this, you should be doing. You will know these. Question number one. As mentioned earlier, John Walters scored a hat trick versus QPR in 2015. What milestone was he celebrating that day? Oh, um, I've got 50 odd goals in my head. You see, you see, right track. Yeah, sort of on the right kind of line. Um, let me think. Milestone. Well, so we're on the right lines. Can't be far, far off. Um, so twenty fifteen. Twenty fifteen. Yeah. So Oh, so this will be a. This will be appearances then, maybe. Oh Could God, be. mate. It yeah. is. I'll tell you, it is appearances. What? How many appearances had he made on this day? So I'm gonna go whatever a hundred, whatever. Two hundred. God, oh, you, yeah, because Pulis played him for a, about ninety games in a row, didn't he, or something? He, he did, and the poor guy used to joke with mates. So I was like, look, I was like, was, he used to obviously run himself on the ground, into every week John Walters did, and it yep. was like you could see towards the end of matches he was like absolutely shattered. And then he'd be like, he would have a Tuesday game. Three days later, you would do the same. And then it's Saturday. And then the following week. And you, I said, at one point, he got to where I'm like, he comes out. He, he walks out for the start of the game, knackered before we've even started. This poor guy just needs a break. Um, but yeah, I think he did play like, say, two seasons or something, didn't he, without missing a game. Uh, question number two. That same game also saw the club honour the 100th anniversary of... Dot dot dot. So 2015, it was the hundredth anniversary of what happened in um, hundred years. What had happened in 1915? Oh, um, oh no, it couldn't have been that. Oh, um, oh, wasn't it Stanley Matthews? Um. He would have been was it something Stanley Matthews related? Yes, yeah, yeah he, he yeah. would have been 100 the day after the game. Yeah, yeah, that's it. So Correct. A big celebration of Stanley. Yes, yeah, so he was obviously he was 85 when he passed away in 2000. You're right, and there was, there was loads of different like events and stuff going on, wasn't there around around the place? I think I think uh, I know I think Blackpool did some stuff as well um, from his time there, and yeah. Uh, question number three. Stoke's 2008 promotion charge was checked by QPR when the Hoops won 3-0 on Sky. Who was sent off for Stoke in that match? So Stoke were going for a promotion. Yeah, I remember this. I remember this. Um, there, second in the league, charging away. It was Griffin. Andy Griffin won it. It was Andy Griffin, you're right. 
question number four. See, you do know these things. Just have more, more faith in yourself, Michael. Question <laughs> I number doubt four. myself. I question everything. Go on, sorry. In 2004, Jerry Taggart, there's another blast from the past. Oh, Taggart, yeah. He was sent off for an elbow to which skunk-haired QPR midfielder? Oh, yes. Um. Oh, Oh geez, yeah, he, he had like a red tint in his hair half the time. I swear he did. Yeah, he was, um, he was like blue and he was blue and white once he was at QPR, and then yes. if he were away, he'd do it red and black when they had the away show. A bit like Peter Wright and the darts, he just changed it all the time. <laughs> Weird, what the hell was his name? Caused an absolute melee because Stoke was saying he was diving and going down easy. And he was saying, I've got a thick lip. Mm. Oh, yeah, it, it was... Mm, I, Mark Bircham, yeah. Mark Bircham. Yes, Canadian yes what an idiot. Mark yeah, Bircham, yeah. correct. Question number five. That incident led to a falling out between the managers, Tony Pulis and his long-time friend. Um, long-time friend, so that would have been Ian Holloway. It was indeed Ian Holloway. Uh, question number six. Which Stoke striker left the Victoria ground for Loftus Road in 1997? Yeah, mate, you are taking us back here. Mm. It was my first Stoke hero. Oh, is it midfielder? No, striker. No, I'm, gone. I'm thinking of red in here. I'm thinking of red in, ignore me. Who were you thinking? Um, it was. I was thinking of uh, like I think it was uh, Gunnison. I think it was, but I'm, that's red. That was ready. Um, I I, I, can't, I can't remember, mate. Can't remember. Mike Sheeran, run, run, run the Sheeran. Oh, run. Sheeran, yeah. Uh, question number seven. What was the fee that made Sheeran the club record Stoke sale at the time? Hmm. I think now it wasn't enough. I seem to remember that. He was sold um, basically to pay for the ground, wasn't he? Pay for yeah, the ground. it was. I've got one. One sec. Got like one. One million something in my head. Two point seven. No, two. Okay, yeah, I was going to say two something, but okay, fine. Yeah, two point sorry, two point seven five million. Um was what he was sold for um, which when you consider he was a, he was swapped for Keith Scott I think that was a good bit of business there well done Lou oh, Lou McCarry yeah. <laughs> Lou McCarry with a great bit of de- great deal there swapping Keith Scott for Mike Sheeran but one not great uh, that was <laughs> um, so question number eight in 2007, the Potters headed to QPR, needing a win to have a chance of a last day, uh, to have a chance of moving themselves into the playoffs on the last day. What was the score in that game? Wasn't it nil-nil? It was a draw, but it was 1-1. One, 1-1. One. One, one. And the fact you've said nil-nil may mean that question nine is a difficult one for you. Who scored the Stokes late equaliser that day? <laughs> um, oh. Jesus. 
He wasn't a man for many occasions, but he was a man for a big occasion. Did you say 2007? Yes. Um, it were oh god, yes, yeah, big mama, big mama, stop big mama, (laughs) not googling. Um, I I I remember his celebration. Well, I think he was injured at the time. I think he, if I remember right, I think he scored. Then he he was sort of like half injured because as we went into it, we needed to win, but obviously all the clubs needed to then drop points for us to get in the playoffs. And if I remember rightly, by the time we equalised against QPR, I think Southampton were like 6-1 up and somebody else were yes. like 4-0 up. And it was like, oh, yeah, we've equalised. That's good. But the whole, like, because I was in the away and then it was like, there was just like a massive dampener on things. It was like, well done, Mama. Well done. <laughs> it doesn't really yeah. matter now. <laughs> Even if we get a win, it really doesn't matter. One of his very um, rare goals. It was like say if you think he didn't score many goals, did he? But when he the ones he did, I mean that's like a quite important match. Bristol City, the two goals that you know helped us go up. Uh, the Aston Villa back of the head. You know he, he didn't score many, but he scored iconic goals. Really big, big games. You know when we needed somebody, he was there, wasn't he? Yeah. Uh, question number ten, the final question: Who has the highest Premier League finish? Stoke. Or QPR. Stoke. So Stoke finished ninth three times in a row. QPR finished ninth in 1993-94, but they also finished eighth in 1994-95 and actually finished fifth in 1992-93. So, I mean, to be fair, that was like at the very beginning of the Premier League. But still... Yes, fifth place, eighth, ninth, and then it all went badly wrong and they got relegated. <laughs> so, yes, I think you've done very well there, mate. You pat yourself on the back. Well done. Anyway, I would have expected to get a few of them. Um, just stupid, some of the things you remember, but yeah. All right, then, I'll take it. I'll take it. I will, uh, yes, I'll see what I can conjure up for Watford next week. A Watford Ooh, don't, please don't oh, tell me about right. our uh, ex Watford stuff, mate, please. <laughs> Like, I remember again Ben Foster, Daniel Batman. We send all our goalkeepers there, don't we? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, we do. Uh, But yes, let's uh, let's hope we can get some, uh, like I say, end the home season on a positive. Let's fingers crossed. I think the flags that I used to sort of enjoy to before the 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 home fans deserve a bit of something to go with a smile on the face. I think that's why I've sort of. Rose tinted glasses, looked at a last minute winner, just a you know, humdinger of a game set up by a last minute goal for Stoke, just to send everyone away with a bit of a spring in the step. And you know, I enjoyed that game of football and we won it. See you everyone yeah. in three months. <laughs> but yes, um, we shall reconvene next week. Stay safe, everybody. The Talksport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. 
Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.